Welcome to the Next Step Business Podcast. I'm Bob Camp, your host. For each podcast, I'm inviting successful business leaders to discuss strategy, execution, high-performing teams, innovation, and more. Join us to learn more about getting the business you want and living life on your terms. Everyone, I want to welcome Mac Bartine to Next Up Business Podcast. Mac is the CEO of Smart RIA, and uh, it's a local growing company in Knoxville. And I'm just very appreciative to have Mac here today. I met him first time probably four or five years ago, forget exact time, but just very impressed with him. And I think you all will be too. So Mac, could you tell us a little about who you are, what makes you you? Yeah. Uh, thank you for the kind words, Bob. And, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. So I, um, I'm a software executive. I've been in startups since my very first real job out of grad school. Um, and, um, the, the reaction that I had was immediately, this is, this is what I want to do. So I started side hustles when the company that hired me didn't succeed. Uh, and I ran those while I had full-time jobs. I did that for a little over 10 years. Um, had a small exit, uh, and, uh, started doing it full time, uh, had another small exit and, um, ultimately started doing some seed round investing, uh, and mentoring of startups. And, you know, Knoxville is a really nice startup community for a city of its size. Um, but it's still a small community, uh, relatively speaking, and so when my partner, Roger, who, of course, you know, um, was looking for someone to run Smart RIA, uh, I was the guy he came to. That's awesome. One of the th- things I know about you is outside of business, you're also a creative person. And I'm interested in how is that just simply an outlet because business requires so much of you or is it you see how those creative elements help you in business. Yeah. So, uh, for me, creativity is, uh, it's, it's like breathing and, and eating. It's something that I need to, uh, to be okay. And, uh, you know, happily, whereas when I was a kid, I thought that creativity meant I had to be painting or I, I had to be making music or, you know, something like that. It turns out that business is actually a really creative world where people are succeeding specifically because they're approaching problems from a creative point of view or they're approaching company growth and management from a creative point of view and really looking at, you know, here are the problems that I'm facing or that I'm working through uh, or that my customers customers are facing or working through and you know, how can I creatively come to a solution that's going to be the best for everybody involved. And uh, it's, I mean, it's fun. I actually really enjoyed that aspect of, of my work life. I think about that from the standpoint of there are these disciplines and there are frameworks, whether in music there are frameworks so other people can follow. And when you get into the visual arts, there are disciplines that you have, whether it's 
being able to get to the right color you want or the, the way you want something structured. There's disciplines that you learn that help you along the way. It's a learning process. I play a little guitar, but it's like no matter how much I learn, there's so much more to learn. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. And, and I see that with business, whether you're working with people or you're working with technology or just how the market dynamics are, it's always a learning process. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so when you we talk about that, that energy, um, how do you find the balance? Because startups and growing businesses is a lot of work, and especially in the early stages. And I know that you're you've grown to a decent sized group of people now, but you're still in that age where I should say in that stage where people are working hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in the very beginning, and, and this was true with all of my startups, I was putting in a lot of hours <clears throat> uh, in the neighborhood of 80 to a hundred hours every week. And you know, I was working nights, I was working weekends, etc. And it's because you know, I did have people that I was working with, but for the most part, I was the only truly full-time person in the business in the very beginning. And so if I wasn't doing it, no one was doing it. And you know, I, I don't do things in half measures. I typically jump in with both feet. And, and so, you know, if, if something needs to be done and I'm the only person that can do it, I'm going to do it. Now, happily, as, as you said, we did have some good fortune. We've grown. We now have a team of 25 full-time employees. Um, my fellow team members who are helping to, to get things done across the business. And so you know, now I have other executives that I'm working with and I can delegate to them. Uh, and, you know, just in general, I, I, I told my wife, Jill, in the beginning, hey, you know, this is going to be a lot of work and I'm, I'm not going to be as available for a little while. And, uh, you know, just communicate with me if, if that's frustrating you. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, we were open with each other and, and you know, happily she was willing to put up with it for, for a while until we got to the point to where it wasn't quite as necessary. Uh, you know, so in general, I'm, I'm working more of a normal schedule now, you know, maybe 50 hours on a, heavier week. Uh, sometimes it's more, but, uh, usually it's more typical. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, sometimes there's something really big happening and it requires more of my attention and more of my time and smarter IA is my baby creatively speaking and otherwise. So, uh, you know, when it needs to, to happen, I'm back at it. Tell me about the type of culture that you focus on from a standpoint of what's important to you and what's important for you to see in the people around you. You know, I, uh, I'm a major introvert, but I'm someone who loves people at the same time. And, uh, uh, and I expect everyone that I work with to uh, 
to also love people. And, and so, you know, what that means is we spend a good portion of, of our lives working and life's too short to, to work with people who are rude or, or don't care about the others that they're working with. They're only in it for themselves, et cetera. So just in general, uh, the culture that, that I've cultivated and, and that my fellow executives certainly have helped me to cultivate is one of congeniality and caring about solving problems, caring about our customers, but, you know, really first and foremost, uh, caring about each other and supporting each other because ultimately if we're not doing it, the, the customer is, is going to be affected. And if, if we're not working well together, uh, the customer is going to be affected, not to mention, you know, work will be less fun. And again, it's, it's a big part of our lives. So that's, uh, first and foremost. And, and then in terms of my own responsibilities, um, <clears throat> I really try to have a culture of it's okay to, to make mistakes and, and it's okay to, to fess up to making mistakes. Um, you know, I, I routinely will say to my team, Hey, this, I said this, but I was wrong. Uh, this is, this is what we need to do instead. And sometimes you know, you, that can happen two or three times before you have, have gotten the right answer. Um, because you know, startups are an iterative process, but, you know, uh, really making it okay to be wrong and, and not just sit, giving that lip service, uh, and saying that to the team, but, uh, reminding myself of, of that as well, because, uh, you know, if I get stressed out, the company gets stressed out. So I try to give myself some grace. You said you're an introvert and in the way you've articulated in the past, you're probably more on the end of the spectrum than you are somewhere in the middle of it. But that works for you. So, um, yeah, I, I have some very extroverted friends and family members and I love them all dearly. Uh, but, you know, being an extrovert means that you can flip from conversation to conversation and, and get a lot of energy and enjoyment out of that. Uh, whereas for myself, I get energy and enjoyment out of having uh, more deep and meaningful conversations. And, uh, you know, that means that occasionally an extrovert has to extricate themselves while I'm talking away and getting to know them better or, or you know, digging into a subject, but that's okay. You know, I, I understand that. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's, uh, it's good for business, I think, to, to slow down and, and have deep conversations with partners or prospective customers uh, co-workers, et cetera, where you're, you're giving yourself the, the space and time to have a, a real conversation and uh, really dig into the topic at hand. And uh, I, I think that's a strength of introverts that we don't need for the whole room to, uh, to be involved in the conversation. We really just want to dig into, Hey, who am I speaking with now? And, and, what's important about, uh, about this moment. 
Yeah, a good friend of mine calls that uh, curiosity. One thing that I observed when people are giving advice, which everybody tends to give a lot of, when they're giving advice or suggestions on something, you're very good to ask additional questions to make sure you understand what they're saying. And the other side of it is, is that then you think it through. It's not like it's a quick switch, yes or no. You really do think it through. And it's, that's an observation. I don't, is that a fair observation? Usually, uh, you know, sometimes I can have a gut reaction and uh, just blurt out what I'm thinking. Uh, but I, I do try to uh, to take a moment to, to think about it. I can appreciate that. Tell me more about how you build a team. You know, uh, I wish my fellow executive, Adrian Carr, were on this particular podcast because he's the real master of this. Um, like I said, I, I, I really love people. I, I enjoy people. I, I try to see the best in people and, and I think usually can. And you know, when you like everybody, it's hard to make hiring decisions because <laughs> you can't hire everybody, you know, even if you like them. So, uh, my, uh, my fellow executive, Adrian Carr, uh, is much more practical about that and really is, is very focused on this is who we said we are and this person fits that or they don't. And, uh, you know, Adrian and I do not always agree, but when we make decisions together and uh, our other fellow executives, uh, John Morris, uh, for example, you know, we're, we're really making a collective decision on does this person fit with, with the company and its values and its goals. And uh, so I, I guess kind of going back to your original question you know, I've I've heard it said and seen it written that one of the biggest mistakes that new companies make is it's just one person or a couple people. They're really not trying to pull in the strengths of others. They're just trying to brute force through a problem. And like I said at the beginning, you can do that, but it's it's not sustainable. You can't just keep on working 80 hours and 100 hours a week every week and expect to uh, not burn out. Uh, not to mention, you just can't do everything that everybody can do. So, um, yeah, thinking, keeping that in mind and, and really wanting to bring people in who can help you to make decisions like hiring when you know that's not necessarily where you're going to make the best decisions. That's uh, definitely part of it. How do you manage or develop those teams or how does, how are your teams you know, managed so that um, it's always like, you know, how do you get the best of them at the same time? How do you make sure that they are wanting to be with you, be with the organization? So, yeah, SportRA has been a pretty successful company, uh, comparatively speaking. You know, not not everybody gets to where we are, but we're still a really small company. We still don't have a lot of money, and um, you know, so every decision that we make 
matters and everything that we spend money on matters. But one of the things that I decided early on that I, I wanted to do was to have good benefits and they're just a good work-life balance uh, that our team members can experience. Uh, so there, I hired a PEO, uh, started with Trinet and, and then went to JustWorks and, and uh, now I'm in the process of, of moving again. But those organizations, you know, they're providing you with better insurance options. They're providing you with human resources and, and payroll services and, and payroll taxes and all of that kind of stuff. So it takes some of the burden off of you, but also it gives you the ability to give better benefits than if you were just doing it all yourself because you don't have the scale that those organizations have. Um, so that's an example of a decision that I made specifically for the purpose of providing a better work-life experience. And, you know, we had people who were getting burned out. And so we implemented a 36 hour work week where everybody every week can take one afternoon a week off and we have it scheduled. So we're not all taking it at the same time, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, again, it's, it's about giving people something that makes them enjoy the experience more. And then, you know, lastly, you know, really aligning everyone with the right incentives uh, you know, everybody in, in smart RIA has thousands of options. Um, you know, so they're all vesting, um, a, a fair amount of equity in, in the business that they're helping to grow. And you know, when, when you have skin in the game, it makes a difference. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully with all of those combined with they're trying to have a collegial and, and supportive atmosphere, you've, you've built a company that people want to be part of. You're going to a 36 hour work week because in the software industry, it's known that a lot of companies tend to work these deadlines and people work long hours and and uh, you hear all these stories about people sleeping at, at their desk or finding a cot to sleep on. Uh, during you know these these times when you're trying to develop new products, obviously it's it's working for you. What do you do you think people not bur- being burned out or are more productive? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and you know, money can make a big difference to people too. Um, as a startup without a ton of money, you know we can't pay what Amazon or or Google will pay. So, you know, someone will work for them for, for more money and and put in, you know, the 80 and a hundred hour weeks because they're getting paid for it. Um, But, you know, ultimately those people are going to burn out eventually. You know, we're not made to be constantly working all the time. We need, you know, people and interaction and, and, you know, family and loved ones and experiences and all that stuff. And, and if your entire waking life is work, uh, you know, that, that's going to weigh on you. Share a little bit about kind of things you do for fun. Let me know more about you know, what that is. Yeah, so um, my mom is a professional musician and 
to, she started teaching me piano and, and voice as a really little kid. And I've been playing music pretty much my entire life, um, at least that I can remember. So music is still part of my life. And uh, I enjoy picking up a guitar and playing, uh, singing. Um, I'm in a band with some friends of mine. Uh, and so that's uh, definitely something that I enjoy. I also really loved drawing from an early age. So um, you know, I studied art some in college and over the pandemic, really both uh, painting and music uh, increased quite a bit in my life because uh, like so many people, I was kind of stuck at home. Uh, so uh, I, I really enjoy both of those and, and do them both for relaxation and just because I like them. Um, also seeing the arts is, is something that I really enjoy not doing, but, but seeing what other people have done. Um, and just time with friends and family. Doing both visual and the musical part, do you see any parallels in them or, or, or how do they come together for you or throw this out? I remember having a conversation one time because as a musician, I think there's so much value in, in uh, what you don't play. So, you know, there's, you know, there's music in the spaces and I remember seeing a drawing by Rembrandt and in that drawing, it was a pen and ink and it was, uh, it, what wasn't there was, was significant and it really made everything he put on paper just stand out. So is that, I mean, does your art parallel the music somehow or is it a different, a different, uh, different thinking? Um, there definitely is an art to what you don't do. And I'm not sure that that's my biggest strength as an <laughs> individual. I turn, like I said, I tend to like to jump in uh, with both feet. And, and so uh, when I'm painting, it's, it's uh, uh, a lot of color and, and movement when I'm playing music. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty actively participating in, in whatever is happening. Um, and the same with problem solving. So backing out of uh, the creative process to give it space is something that I, I actually have been working on and, and trying to, uh, to get better at, but it's not one of my biggest strengths currently. <laughs> well, you, you brought up the business part of it. It is when a problem happens, the, the most important thing is to back out of it for a few minutes. You know, there's, I should say it qualifies. Sometimes it's like, we've got to do this right now because, you know, it's a customer issue or it's an employee issue. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that we have to address. Um, we may not have the problem solved, but at least we have to get started on something. Uh, sometimes it's a quick fix, but sometimes it really does require you to step back, uh, whether you're looking you know, you went, yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, I've talked, you went through a process of stepping back and looking at, you know, the product you had and really deciding 
what was most important to do versus all the things you could do. And that was a process of stepping back. And, and is it, that's, is that actually how you think about this or is that something that was just the situation required it? Um, well, the situation definitely required it. Um, it, it does depend. And, and I think actually on the business side of things, we're giving things space is concerned. That is an area where if you're constantly in action, you're really missing the feedback of what you're doing and that you're missing the feedback of what you're doing when you're playing music or you're painting. You know, that's, uh, that's one thing. It's you're not hurting anybody. You're just, you're, you're not playing music as well as you could, or you're not making as, as nice of a painting as you could. But you know, when you're in business and you have customers and you have uh, you know, team members who are counting on you, you, uh, you need, you have to give it some space and, and look back and see how things are going and track the results and, and think about the results and et cetera. And so even though that isn't something that I would say is, is one of my strongest points, as I said before, it is something that I learned that I had to do. And, uh, just in general, it, it, it is different. That's a great perspective, both of the importance of stepping back as people, some, you know, people, organizations sometimes can get caught up into the metrics or this just got to get done. Here's the process uh, without stepping back to say, is it working or not? And, or how could it be better? Or are we creating more problems than we're solving? Um, but then this other element, like you said, is, you know, learning, you know, learning as an individual, learning as an organization is such a critical part of that. So let me, Close up with this. You've you've done multiple startups. Um, what are the one or two things that you would tell anyone who's really serious about being a serial entrepreneur um, to really know what they're getting into? But what are the things that you would say? Always think about these things, or or be open to this, whatever it might be. What advice could you give someone? Uh, definitely don't, don't do what I do or did, which is in the beginning, I was doing all these side hustle businesses and, and doing them by myself and after hours. So I was working lots plus my day job and it was all me. I learned a ton during that period and I did get enough done that I was able to have a small exit, as as I've said. Um, but uh, it really, I, I also wasted a lot of time uh, trying to do something that would have been much better, much more quickly, efficiently done by someone else. And so, you know, find partners who are interested in in what you're interested in. They want to, to be entrepreneurs. They want to, to get things done. Um, be prepared for if it's a side hustle because you need your 
your income, uh, then be prepared for a lot of work. If it isn't a side hustle because you're okay on cash for a little while, you know, you're going to be putting in the same amount of work. It's just all going to be on, on the startup. So just in general, um, it's going to be a lot of work, especially in the beginning, first couple of years. Um, and there's just no way around that. And I guess, you know, maybe if you're incredibly lucky, but uh, I don't know anyone who's gotten around that. They, they all had to work really hard, <laughs> lots of hours and, and also have some luck. Um, so between those two, you know, I, I guess the, the third thing I, I would say is intelligent, aware persistence. So you don't want to just beat your head against the wall over and over if, if you're doing the wrong thing. Uh, you know, there's, there's no point in persisting in, in that case, but. You know, if you think that you're onto something and you're making progress and you're seeing good things happen, it's still going to be incredibly hard and, you know, things are going to go wrong and it's going to be frustrating as hell um, and stressful. Uh, but, uh, you know, persistence is what gets you through that. Those are great points. And I really like that intelligent, aware, persistent, or in, you know, to, Putting that in that context, I thought was, that's a great, great nugget for a lot of people out there. So thank you. I want to thank you for, for volunteering your time and chatting with me today on this. And I'm sure some people out there are going to get some good nuggets. And as you and I both know, a lot of people wanting to do startups think about the money and don't think about the, the other parts, which are the people, the customers. They have ideas, but they don't think about the work. And it is work. So thank you so much. Greatly appreciate you being here today. It's always a pleasure, Bob. I enjoyed it.